With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I know these are Eagles fans, plus one of the worst friends on earth, but metaphorically, the guy jumping is the New Orleans Saints heading into the playoffs. And that table is their victory. And that table kicker is the officials. Suck it, Collinsworth. My slide in's better. Welcome to That's Good Sports. I'm Brandon. If Fox doesn't give Cooper Manning his own sitcom, I may lose faith in my God, television, Perna. I know a thing or two about being cursed, and the Saints are cursed. Oh my God, this looks like my college roommates. I'm not driving tonight. Uh, there's two babies inside there. Hope they're not mine. Cooper Manning's comedic timing is perfect, but he didn't even come close to uncursing the Saints. My question is, who is more numb? Saints fans losing another playoff game with bad officiating, or Eagles fans seeing their team go down with another Carson Wentz injury, also on a play not flagged? Now, I do offer my sincerest apologies. Last night, in my late night editing, I forgot to include Booger McFarland's audio with his on-screen dick. A mistake I am considering firing, or at least suspending my myself for these two guys are coming they're both gonna come inside mm, american football it's the only place on earth where guys can shower together slap each other's asses cox hunt and even come together and still be considered totally hetero also do not google booger dick and expect this to be the first thing you see just don't do it uh nfc wild card recapping that's what we're doing today that's good sports this is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Now we do have some breaking news. Jason Garrett is now officially totally 100% fired in Dallas. Like a crazy girlfriend who refuses to admit it's over, he eventually had to leave the Cowboys facility, probably to restock on hand lotion from the incessant clapping, and Jerry Jones was finally able to lock him out. If only Jason was as hard to beat on the field as he was to fire, the Cowboys may have succeeded with him. And we do have the divisional playoff lineup set. Saturday, it's the Vikings at the 49ers and the Mike Shanahan coaching tree versus the Mike Shanahan family tree. Then it's the not Patriots at the Ravens. Sunday, it's also the not Patriots at the Chiefs and the Seahawks versus the Aaron Rodgers guys. Vikings beat the Saints in overtime 26-20. Teddy Bridgewater rode his bike into the stadium and the internet thought it was cute. But that is court-ordered, people. Unlike most guys, though, who lose their licenses to DUIs, Teddy lost his after passing the two-year threshold of living in New Orleans. When they automatically take your license away on the assumption you're habitually drunk on Blue Hurricanes and Pina Coladas. If you like pina coladas and getting boned by the refs, then the Saints are the right team for you. Also, if you do this shit when a cop pulls you over, 
Not even being Taysom Hill level white is going to convince them you're sober. Now this game was a three to three deadlock closing in on halftime with both defenses dominating the game. And all it took to get a touchdown was pulling Drew Brees and inserting Taysom Hill to throw a 50 yard bomb to Deontay Harris. Luckily, we had Joe Buck to put Troy Aikman in his place for his Taysom Hill slander. I don't like any play with Drew Brees on the sidelines. <laughs> How about that play with Brees on the sidelines? Taysom Hill can literally do everything, which is why he was on kickoff coverage duty the very next play. He's like the Donald Glover of the NFL. If you don't believe me, just wait until his Mormon rap this is Joseph Smith's Latter-day Saints of America drops, and he receives much more acclaim than Antonio Brown's whole lot of money. Well, except for a roster spot, Antonio. Now, Drew Brees is a lot like Carmelo Anthony. The offense often seems to work better without him. Of course, excluding the hundreds of games where he scores literally all of the touchdowns. And also, he doesn't play any defense. See, that was, a, that was a Carmelo joke, disguised as a Drew Brees joke. Now, Dalvin Cook continues to be nearly impossible to stop, just like it's nearly impossible for Tom Brady to stop throwing pick sixes to former teammates. Oh, you thought I was done shitting on Tom, didn't you? Never. Dalvin Cook's touchdown gave Minnesota the lead, but returner Deontay Harris gave the Saints a chance to tie with the 50-yard burner. Will Lutz? Oh, more like Will Klutz, obviously spelled with a Z, for zero points right before half or zero accuracy on the kick. Take your pick. But I do sympathize with the way Saints fans were coping by signaling the God who won't save them. A friendly fuck you. Stefan Diggs perpetuated the stereotype that all wide receivers are divas. Up by three with the lead, all he cared about was expressing anger and not having any receptions just like the woman who is always a bridesmaid, but never a bride. Fortunately for Diggs and his sanity, after a big play by Adam Thielen, Cousins rifled that precious and highly coveted football to Diggs on the goal line to set up a Dalvin Cook touchdown or not touchdown and a 10-point lead for Minnesota. Saints rookie Gardner Johnson also had an impressive pass breakup during the game. Don't make a penis Gardner joke. Don't make a penis Gardner joke. Having a Gardner Johnson is better than having a mechanic vagina. Fuck! Drew Brees broke the all-time touchdown record this season. Michael Thomas caught 149 passes, yet the only man the Vikings couldn't stop was Taysom Hill. He was the wild they could not tame, either on the ground or through the air. The only thing to foil Hill was Drew Brees fumbling. Sean Payton got a little too cute here and tried to run one of those gimmicky passes with his Hall of Fame quarterback instead of any standard Taysom Hill success play. I don't know what you were thinking, Sean. I believe the Saints would have touched down it there and won the game, but they were able to stop Minnesota to send the game into overtime with a Will Lutz field goal that he made instead of missed. Now, Kirk Cousins, had a clutch, and for the first time, I'm not referring to his lady purse, clutch performance in overtime. Kirk Cousins is having the best moment of any Kirk since Kirk Cameron got to explain girls and why masturbation is the devil's dice roll to Leonardo DiCaprio on growing pains. It's natural for your penis to grow, young Leo. The pain is in doing nothing about it so you don't go to hell. 
Kirk taught him. And overall, Kirk Cousins was better than Drew Brees in this game. More yards, same solo touchdown and one less interception. It's okay though, Saints fans, to blame the refs for the Cook touchdown, which definitely didn't appear to break the plane. And even for the officials allowing Kyle Rudolph to play football like it was 1993 in the corner of the end zone as he slightly pushes off. You have every right to direct your anger towards the officials, but I think players should be allowed to hand fight and the refs actually allowed some physicality between defenders and ball catchers for most of the game. The bigger issue in NOLA is that the Saints name is rooted in Catholicism and they will never get to the Super Bowl when their best player supports another religion. To make up for that conflict, maybe the Saints should consider moving Taysom Hill to safety. The position God doesn't care about, which is why they are so hard to get into the Hall of Fame. Now I know for a fact the football gods are non-denominational. Kirk Cousins is a Christian, and he was awarded with a Hydukin-like superpower for one play. The Saints had two defensive touchdowns called back because Dalvin Cook's knee was down, and Minnesota was brilliant enough to false start before Cousins could fumble. Taysom Hill had a career game, and yet Santa's bastard son, Rudolph, was awarded the game-winning score. The Seahawks beat the Eagles 17-9. Usually when I'm talking about bird-on-bird -bird action, it's because I just finished watching a David Attenborough snuff documentary on birds. Today, that all-bird snuff film was Eagles on Seahawks broadcast by NBC painfully boring first half in terms of points being scored, but wildly interesting as Carson Wentz was ruled out with a head injury after going to the locker room in the first quarter. Poor Carson Wentz was just not meant to play football in the postseason, was he? I think everybody was surprised though when Jadavian Clowney wasn't flagged for the hit that took Wentz out of the game. It looks like he targeted Wentz's head and landed on him with his body weight and injured him. And usually a ref only needs to sniff out one of those three things to throw a roughing flag. Just ask Clay Matthews or Derek Barnett. Penalized later on third down in the red zone for this hit on Russell Wilson where Barnett does everything he can in his power to wrap up Wilson and make sure he doesn't hurt him, which is the point of the rule, to not injure quarterbacks. But as we know, all officiating is fucking bullshit. The QB protection rule sucks, but we can't change it. So at the very least, as fans, we deserve consistency, which we've seen none of going on forever. Now, all, all time of officiating, no consistency. So maybe we should just accept that the officials are going to sodomize our team at least once a game. Like we accept the fact that Tom Brady is better at throwing pick sixes than touchdowns. Not gonna stop, I'm not gonna stop. The Wilson hit though did set up an impressive touchdown run from Marshawn Lynch. Basically the only thing he did all game. Lynch scored, like last week as well, but this was not a very productive game for Lynch who averaged just 1.2 yards per carry. That Wentz injury though meant Josh McCown along with Robert Turbin and Marshawn Lynch would become the trio of players in this game to have to turn in their keys at the assisted living retirement facility to help a pro football team in the playoffs. For some reason, Jason Kelsey didn't have a name on the back of his jersey before the game. Some are saying it's to show that they're quote unquote 
no names. That it's about what's on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. When in reality, we know that it's so people forget he's related to this disgrace. Russell Wilson took an espresso shot deep to decaf Metcalf and got a latte yards on this touchdown. That's why Russell Wilson gets the big Starbucks. Also, he finished with 325 passing yards, one touchdown, and Seattle's leading rusher with 45 yards. Josh McCown was also clearly hurt in this game, but stayed in because he was the only Eagles quarterback left on the active roster. Which, Doug Peterson not believing that one or all of his quarterbacks wouldn't get hurt, officially puts him on the hot seat. The Eagles' emergency quarterback was former University of Houston quarterback Greg Ward, which would have been a problem because he's also their number one wide receiver. You can't throw it to yourself. He's no Marcus Mariota. And Doug Peterson finally screwed up a fourth down call, but you have to love the balls to go for it regardless of who is out there playing quarterback. Miles Sanders had a chance on fourth and four, down 17 to nine, but the ball was a little behind and he didn't haul it in. But the Eagles defense held, which set up for one last Josh McCown drive. The 40-year-old quarterback we were all waiting to see this weekend. And it actually seemed like the Eagles were ready to go in for the tie after a long pass interference call. But Josh McCown just couldn't get rid of the ball on 4th and 7. And his dad, Preservation Instincts, took control as he hit the ground for the 7th sack of the game. A lot of big sacks today for the Seahawks. But if you'll recall that Josh McCown is staunchly anti-porn you would know that he still has the biggest sack of all. That's what porn is a lot like. Uh, you go somewhere that you weren't expected to go. And you end up with that feeling of what, where am I? You know, and, and I can tell you countless times that I've sat at my computer looking at something, going through websites before and sitting there going, wait, where am I? Who is this guy? It's all on the quarterback yeah. to beat it and get it off. Doing it with so many guys. These two guys are coming. They're both going to come inside. If you're not careful, it, you'll, you'll end up being somewhere where you don't want to be. Philly did have one chance remaining, and what they needed to do was hold the Seahawks to a three and out. But on third down, Russell Wilson dropped back and went deep to DK Metcalf again, who hauled it in to ice coffee the game. 160 receiving yards for DK, most for a receiver in his first playoff game. And if you remember, DK was knocked for not being good at the three-cone drill prior to the draft. But to be a man, you only need to know how to handle two cones at one time. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I can confirm DK handled Pete Carroll's cones perfectly. Now you have to give the Eagles credit for keeping it close in a game where pretty much all of their receivers were hurt, their star quarterback went down nine minutes in, and their defense was depleted throughout the game with more injuries. Still, they were a score away, but you can't help but question the decision to put Josh McCown in the game instead of Nick Foles. Something we'll debate the whole offseason. Seattle will go down south to Green Bay next week to play the Packers because we all know Seattle is the most northern football team in the U.S. in a matchup we have seen a couple times, but never on the frozen tundra in the playoffs. Of course, the first time Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers played one another, the referees were much, much better than they are now. So I don't see any problems there. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports Playoff Recapping. Make sure you follow my writing partners who helped me with this video at TJ Carpenter Show and at Guillermo 
Yavs, I think is Will's new Twitter handle. Uh, used to be WillKey6, but now it's not. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. 